0: Welcome to Episode 9 of the Dealers Compressed Podcast. My name is Paul J. Daly, and today we are going to make the Consumer Protection Finance Bureau great again. No, not really. Um, I just thought it would be fair to say that because we're talking about presidential elections, which is Dale covers in Chapter 7, and industry regulation. We're talking about data streams in Chapter 8, and in Chapter 9, we're talking about OEM, you know, production and allocation. And so, not going to lie, we put all three of these chapters together in one episode because, well, let's just say they're not exactly page-turners if you're in the general industry, and and that has no reflection on Dale's writing, it's just a reflection on the subject matter. I just want to put that in there, just in case Dale's listening, because he knows how much I look up to him. I saw him at the NAD convention, and I said, you know, I feel like everything I say these days starts with Dale says, and we just had a little laugh over that. So chapters seven, eight, and nine, uh, we're going to start in chapter seven. So we're going to talk about industry regulation, the CPFB, Consumer Protection Finance Bureau. They have a lot to do with dealership revenue streams, or at least they have a lot of potential impact on those because they regulate fni products and with fni penetration rates like at ridiculously high historical levels 85 90 percent sometimes you know generating two thousand dollars per unit there's no doubt that there's going to be increased scrutiny on fni products because frankly it's followed the dollar so Because of the new administration, because of a Republican administration, Dale says it probably is true that industry regulation is going to be less likely. But uh, I like how he says, you know, once the federal government takes a keen interest in an issue, it's very unlikely that it will ever go away. So that's one of the issues we're talking about. I mean, just take a second to think about your F&I revenue if you're a dealer and you're listening to this. Hey, that's one of the ways that margin compression is being combated is finding other creative ways to bring value to a customer and other products and services that they might find valuable, be willing to pay for. F&I fits the bill. And there have been a lot of great products that have been released that customers can buy. But let's be honest, there are also a lot of uh, snake oil salesmen out there that are going to try to pass something along and give everybody a bad name when they do it. So. Um, Dale's saying we need to keep an eye on that, especially since dealers are relying on F&I income for a large part of the margin. And as one of those main tools they're using to combat margin compression. Um, he also talks about recall issues. There has been no shortage of recall issues over the years. And if you're a Volkswagen dealer, uh, you know, you probably wince a little bit when we start to talk about this. But not just Volkswagen. There have been issues. Takata, um, you know, I was driving a Honda. That thing was a mess just trying to get through that as a consumer. So again, the, the CPFB is all over it. Finally, you know, Tesla direct to consumer companies, hot topic. Everybody's watching. Everybody's got a, got a dog in the fight. So yeah. So the fact that there's this administration or that administration makes a, has a big effect on what actually happens in the industry. So Dale talks about those as, you know, things to watch chapter eight. This is an interesting one. So The cost of data integration, data integration fees. This is the one at the end of the chapter, Dale says, you know, okay, the cat's out of the bag. Let's see how long before somebody catches it. And until I read this chapter, I had no idea that this was an actual issue. He gives an awesome illustration about, you know, a family who wants to build a house and they hire a company to do the well drilling and they didn't realize that also, that company had their hands on which sink they could buy, which faucet they could buy. Well, they could buy a different faucet, but they had to pay extra for the ability to use a different faucet with the sink that went with this well. And then, oh, by the way, the water also is going to cost you money because you don't own the water either, or you have to pay to access it. That was a great illustration because I didn't realize that the data that flows through the dealers, the dealership every day actually is kind of uh, use the word held hostage by these integration fees and you know, he talks about security and the vendors talking about the security, of the data is super important, but he also kind of brings some levity to that and he says, what kind of information are we really trying to keep super secure and is it really worth the integration fees? I thought the most interesting thing about this is the example he gave of a friend or someone who came for advice about a startup and it was a service service drive company or a company that had a really, what he, Dale thought was a great and progressive solution to deliver great customer experience. And he was the first one to ask the question about, well, have you accounted in your business model for the data integration fees? And even though these were really sharp dudes, no one had thought about that. And then when they went back and revisited the data integration fees, they decided that they were so expensive and they were gonna cause such a problem with the business model that they bailed on investing in this company and in this solution. So he said, you know, like these integration fees need to be held in check and solution providers need to be working together or we as an industry are going to lose. Like back in the day, it was cool. People could have their own little area of expertise and their own little silo and everybody could get by. But in this margin compressed environment, that doesn't work anymore. And if solution providers don't start playing nice together, then it's just going to make it worse. It's going to make it worse for dealers, going to lose more market share and that that spiral is just going to continue. So that was chapter eight. Chapter nine, um, I believe the title is A Kindly Call for OEM Production Efficiency, I think it was. And I I often think, you know, Cox Automotive, their leadership team, Dale, is an executive vice president, and Dale just calls it like he sees it, like the book's title, like I see it. So I have to, to feel like, you know, for a company that works closely with manufacturers and values those relationships that when Dale calls out these things and say, you know, that it probably causes a little bit of internal friction, but that's okay. Like, let's not be afraid of internal friction. If we play protectionism all the time, then issues don't get dealt with. So I thought Dale did a fantastic job of politely, you know, saying, I think we need to look at this area. You know, he said dealers, if they're stuck with inventory that they can't sell or that really isn't in high demand It's going to be bad for everybody. He feels like there should be some more communication, um, you know, with all the requirements that are put on dealers to have a dealership look a certain way, have the CX a certain way, surveyed like they're surveyed, and all this pressure. He thinks it's reasonable that there should be a more in-depth conversation about what customers actually want and the allocation of that inventory should be moved around appropriately. He does, in all fairness, acknowledge, says, you know, there are, changing standards that manufacturers deal with there are recalls there are long production cycles which required him to make decisions way in advance he also says like hey i'm not really qualified to speak to these issues because i've never had to operate and live in that world but the whole point was he thought that it merited some more discussion and i really appreciated the vibe and the way he took on that issue so that's kind of a like a buffet line of the lesser known but very impactful issues that are going on kind of under the hood of the dealership world. CPFB, data solution providers and data interchange fees and integration fees, OEM production allocation and the communication line that is going between dealers and franchisee holders about the inventory that customers want, what is selling, what isn't. And uh, I hope you get some value out of the episode. We have been hearing that some managers are showing these to their management teams weekly or monthly as a, a way to really raise awareness about these issues and kind of give a little explainer. So I hope that some of you will do that if that helps. And as always, we had a lot of fun making these episodes and we have probably even more fun sharing them. We're always ready to help. We hope you get some value out of that and really value, as I determined it, value is only something that you can implement right away. Like, so I hope you bring some value out of this content. And as always, we're in this together, we're moving the ball forward together. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And here we go, chapter seven, eight, and nine. What do presidential elections, building your dream home and increasing OEM production efficiency have in common? Well, in chapter seven, eight, and nine, Dale uses them to address some of the less talked about issues in day-to-day dealership management. Make no mistake, these issues have huge implications on the future of this industry. First, industry regulation. There's now a Republican in the White House and many in the auto industry are hoping that it's less likely that widespread regulation takes significant steps forward. Four daunting words, Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. The CFPB, Dale quantifies dealers' reliance on F&I profits to keep their operations afloat, accounting for upwards of 40% of both new and used apartment gross. With penetration rates of 85 to 90%, F&I income can top $2,000 a unit for some dealers. The CFPB is taking an ever closer look at dealers' practices here, and Dale wonders what they might find. Dale also addresses the ongoing recall issues as well as the FTC's interest in franchise laws. Direct consumer companies like Tesla are complicating matters even further for dealers. And although he tends to agree that the current administration may be less likely to advance a regulatory agenda, he warns that once the federal government demonstrates a keen interest in an issue, it never really goes away. In Chapter 8, Dale uses a great illustration about building a dream home to highlight the self-serving nature of many current data solution providers. He paints the picture of a couple choosing the perfect plot, architecture, and systems of the new home. They decide to use a larger, more expensive well drilling company, only to find out that their decision limited their ability to choose the fixtures to their liking. And when they could, they had to pay extra for those that the well drilling company didn't provide. In the end, They didn't even own the water. Although it seems preposterous in a real estate example, Dale points out that this is actually what's happening with dealer data and its stifling growth and innovation. He even recounts a situation in which a friend of his passed on investing in a promising digital solution, which would have allowed dealers to deliver a better service experience. Why? Because the data integration fees were such a steep barrier to entry. Dale goes into much more detail, outlining his reasoning for addressing this issue and concludes by stating, the cat's out of the bag, let's see how long it takes before someone catches it. In chapter nine, Dale speaks specifically to the dissatisfaction of dealers regarding the way OEMs handle the production and allocation of new vehicles. He cites the frequent presence of dead stock as production currently misses the mark of consumer demand, leaving many cars unsellable. Now Dale does indeed empathize with the challenges of OEMs such as changing standards and long production cycles, which force them to make decisions far in advance. Also, occurrences like $2 a gallon gas proved to be unforeseen but significant influencers. But with all the requirements put on dealers, Dale deems it fair to suggest that OEMs could become better at aligning production and allocation with consumer demand. Dale admits that he isn't qualified to speak to how to do this, But to him, it seems like a very necessary step toward the future success of dealers. He reminds everyone that when dealers have the right inventory, they know what to do. And that's a win for everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Dealers Compressed podcast. This podcast is actually a derivative of a video series that we produced around Dale Pollack's new book, Like I See It. You should get the book. You should read it. We made the video so you can make watch the content in a consumable format. Please go to dealerscompressed.com. Sign up for the list. We'll notify you when we release new content. And of course, the ultimate compliment is if you share it. So we ask that you will send it, like it, favorite it, show it to your managers. The whole effort of producing this content was with the intention that we can move forward and be a customer experience driven industry. Thanks for listening.